Just a word before we get started. It's Halloween, and this episode is a little darker than our regular shows. It's about really fun and interesting science, but the topic might be sensitive for some. If you're uncomfortable with discussions of funerals and death in animals, you might want to skip this one. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, it's a special Halloween episode about what is perhaps the most Halloween-y experiments ever done. It's got a murder of crows, it's got scary masks, and it's gotten people in public parks kind of freaked out. We're sharing the story behind one scientist's very creepy road to discovery. The inspiration for this episode comes from one of our listeners. Hello, my name is Smith. I'm seven years old. Smith and his family live near the woods. One day on his way to school, Smith observed a bunch of crows eating a dead deer. Because crows are a scavenger species, they essentially clean up after the rest of nature, whether it's chips we dropped on the ground or, you know, a dead animal. So I was wondering, if crows eat dead things, when a crow dies... Do they eat them, or do they not? So I asked that to my mom and dad. They didn't understand. So we looked on the computer, and we found this research. Smith and his parents wrote Tumble to tell us what they discovered. A blog post written by a scientist named Kaylee Swift, describing what is perhaps the most Halloween-y experiment ever. People who were out, you know, for whatever reason, they would see this mass person and they would see a flock of crows following them through the trees, screaming their heads off. And there would just be this aha moment where even if they had no other context, they would say, the crows know that person. They know that person and they don't like them. What is happening? I have so many questions like, okay, what? I I don't even know where to start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I wanna ask our listeners, What do you think is going on in this experiment? Why is there a person in a mask? Why are the crows following and screaming at them? Think about it for a little bit, and then we'll help you unravel the mystery. Okay, so let's start by meeting the person behind this scary scene in the woods. She's actually an incredibly friendly person. Yes, my name is Kaylee Swift. You could say I'm an ornithologist. I'm somebody who studies birds, specifically crows, or thanatology, meaning the scientific study of death. Yeah, she sounds really upbeat for someone who studies death for a living. (laughs) For a living? (laughs) Yes, yeah, we get it. It's a morbid topic, but death can be just as fascinating as life. And crows are known for a behavior that's really unusual for animals, but also weirdly familiar for us humans. A lot of people had seen crows engaging in something that looked like a funeral, but it hadn't ever been formally explored by science. Wait, wait, crows have funerals? I mean, I guess they don't have to change clothes because they're already wearing black. (laughs) It's a pretty simple ceremony. When a crow dies, a big group of the other crows gather around and look at it. (laughs) 
Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Are they just like thinking about its life, its relationships, that time they got together and cod? (laughs) Scientists have a number of theories about why crows have funerals. Maybe they're really sad and they're holding awake, just like people do. Maybe it's a social response, so it's a way for them to all gather and say, oh, Joe's dead, he was high on the list of hierarchy, so now I get to move up, or, you know, whatever it is. And then there's danger learning. Wait, danger learning? Yeah, the process of learning what's dangerous. Be just like if you had a route, you walked every day to school, and there was a really scary dog that scared you every time, you would change your route, right? You'd want to avoid that because you want to avoid that threat. And they're doing the same thing. They're acquiring information about their environment that can inform how they move through it to avoid scary things, specific predators that they can memorize and then say, eh, it's back, that scary person is back, everyone be on alert. Ah, so there's a reason why a crow might scream their head off at a person if they think it's dangerous. Yeah, and Kaylee wanted to know if that's the reason why crows would hold funerals. And so the study I conducted looked at whether or not danger learning was a motivation for this behavior, specifically with respect to whether or not that they learn the place where they find dead crows, maybe that place is dangerous. And if they're learning novel predators, new predators in association with those dead bodies. So crows are also finding a dead crow somewhere with a person? This is getting very weird. The job of the creepy person in the mask was to hold a taxidermied crow somewhere in a public park. Like a dead crow that's been stuffed? Exactly. On one day, we would introduce somebody uh, holding a dead crow. And then the next week, that person would come back and we'd see how the crows responded. The first visit was intended to establish the person as being dangerous, and the second visit was to see if the crows recognized them later. One of the ways that we measured whether or not crows were recognizing that person when they saw them again as a predator is is by that alarm call. Ah, so the crows were screaming because they actually did recognize the person. Yes, and here's where we get to the reason behind the mask. So when I was doing my study, I relied entirely on volunteers to be those those people out there holding the dead crow were coming back. So Kaylee ran this experiment tons and tons of times with lots of different crows and lots of different locations. She worked 15 hours a day during the study, and she couldn't do all the work by herself. If Stacy helped me on the day where we presented the dead crow, uh, that following week, when it was time to send that person back out, Stacy might not be available. Maybe she had a conflict. But by wearing masks, we eliminate that problem. So even if it's Joe that's available the next week, he just puts that mask on that Stacy wore, and we can still ask this question about crows recognizing faces. Yeah, so the masks are not about scaring the crows. It's about making it so that they can recognize the people. Yeah, these weren't like Halloween masks. They were based on real people's faces. It's actually totally unintentional that they're really scary looking. (laughs) (laughs) Kaylee showed me one over a video chat. So this is Linda. Oh, wow. Okay, so tell me, what does this mask look like? It looks like what an alien would look like if they were pretending to be a human. (laughs) 
I have noticed that humans like to wear clothes. <laughs> I shall wear some clothes too, and I will blend in perfectly. <laughs> the mask has holes for the eyes in a full wig, but the hair on the wig looks like it's never been combed. <laughs> and, and the face kind of hangs loosely off Kaylee's face, which gives her kind of a horror movie look. <laughs> <laughs> scary for crows, scary for people. There were actually six of these masks made. This is Michelle, and you'll see Michelle fits a lot more like she should. It's still kind of Halloween scary, but yes, it looks, it's less flappy. But um, yeah, not someone I would sit down next to on a park bench. Considering I did my studies near a lot of park benches, it was a, it was a problem. <laughs> oh, scientists doing weird things in public parks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. To kind of try and dispel the weirdness, Kaylee had all the volunteers hang big signs around their neck that said crow study. Oh, gosh. I'm not sure if that would be comforting. I think I'd still call the cops. Yes, plenty of parkgoers ended up calling the cops. <laughs> yes, I, I regularly interacted with officers of the law. You know, I, I don't know if I ever would have imagined when I was thinking about what scientists do on a daily basis that just showing up at parks wearing a creepy mask and unkempt wig while having crows scream at you would be just like an integral part of the scientific process. <laughs> it was for this experiment. And I have to note that no crow studiers were ever arrested. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> All right, so do you think that we've figured out why a flock of crows was chasing a person in a mask, screaming their heads off? <laughs> <laughs> sure, I, I think it's because a scientist wanted to find out why crows have funerals, and it turns out they recognize faces and associate them with danger. So the crows are just trying to scare off a scary person wearing a mask because of scheduling issues. <laughs> The person is wearing the mask because of the scheduling problems. <laughs> it's really not so scary when you know what's going on. <laughs> I suppose curious is maybe the right word for the situation. That's appropriate, because as Kaylee says, this whole thing came out of curiosity. I am a huge proponent of science for the sake of curiosity. I think any time we do a study and we learn something about the natural world, we learn something about an animal, that there's just inherent value in pursuing questions of curiosity. Now that we've uncovered the design behind this experiment, it's time to design your own spooky study. Think of a question about a weird animal behavior you've always wondered about. Then come up with an idea of what you think the answer might be. How would you test out this idea? Discuss your experiment with your family and friends and see what they think. Thanks to Kaylee Swift, postdoctoral researcher at the University of Washington in the School of Environmental and Forest Sciences. Many thanks also to Smith and Becca Hollis for sending in a great question and pointing us to Kaylee's research. You can submit your own questions on our website, sciencepodcastforkids.com. There's plenty more Halloween listening where this came from. Check out Halloween episodes of the great podcast, The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, and Cool Facts About Animals. You can find these shows and many more podcasts for kids 
on the Kids Listen app. Find it on the Apple App Store or kidslisten.org. It's free. We have more from our interview with Kaylee Swift for our Patreon supporters on our exclusive ad-free podcast feed. To get these audio bonuses, all you need to do is pledge just a dollar a month at patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Sign up now. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I make all the music. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.